Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. So John 16 today is his last words to the disciples. John 17 is his prayer to the Father. So today's message really is his final words before his prayer in chapter 17. The last things he says to them before he's arrested, tortured, and we're going to talk more about that in two weeks before Easter, about the cross and the crucifixion and things like that. But he's giving them some final words in chapter 16. In verse 2, he talks about how they're going to face persecution. He says, you're going to be thrown out of synagogues, you're going to be thrown out of churches. They're going to try to kill you for your faith, for what you're preaching. He's like, and they're going to think they're doing God's work. He's like, they're going to think they're doing God's work when they try to arrest you and kill you for, for preaching the gospel. Look at Paul, the life of Paul. Paul was the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. Before, he found Je- before Jesus found him, before he got saved, Paul was running around arresting Christians and killing Christians, thinking he was doing God's work. He was a religious zealot, thinking he was doing the work of God. And that was Paul's life. And Jesus says, listen, people are going to be doing this to you and persecuting you, and they're not going to know. They're going to think they're doing God's work. And he tells them, it's going to be challenging, but I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you my spirit. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Jesus said the comforter is going to come, the advocate, the helper. Jesus says, I have to go. I have to leave. We talk about Jesus being uh, uh, the son of God who was God, but he was also a man, a regular man, a regular guy. Regular guys don't live forever. Jesus knew he was going to die. He knew he had to die for the sins of the world. He says, I'm going to go away, but I, it's, it's expedient, he says. It's, it's important. I have to go away because if I don't go away, then my spirit can't come and be with you. He said, I can't be with you forever, but my spirit can. So he's telling them, I'm going to send a comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's coming to be with you when I go away. In verses 8 through 11 of John 16, he explains what the Spirit's going to do, what the Holy Spirit will do. He said, the Spirit, and I'll read, you can just listen along. He said, uh, here is my, uh, I'm sorry, verse 8. And when he has come, the Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He says, the Spirit's coming, and he's going to uh, uh, con- convict and, and reprove of three things, of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. It's the Spirit who reminds us of who we really are. It's the Spirit of God that whispers in my heart that, as a 10-year-old boy, said, you're a sinner and you need Jesus, and you need to be saved. It's the Spirit of God that works on hearts, that convicts of sin, of our state, of who we really are. And thankfully, the Spirit of God doesn't just say, you're this and that and you're a sinner and leaves us hopeless. No, He gives us hope in Jesus Christ. But the Spirit convicts of sin, of of righteousness. The Scriptures say the Spirit convicts of of righteousness. These things I've spoken to you uh, in verse number uh, 9, of sin because they believe not on me. Verse 10, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Uh, the Pharisees at this time, the religious zealots, man, they, they were so self-righteous. And the Spirit convicts us of self-righteousness. So that we don't try our hardest, I'm going to do everything I can, all the good things, so that I can be accepted of God. When, that's not what we see in the Bible. That's not what we sang about today. We're chosen, not forsaken. We're accepted because of His love for us. 
convicts of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. When he says judgment there, he says in verse number 11 of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And what, he's, what Jesus is telling his disciples here is, he said it's the spirit who's going to tell people and remind people in their hearts that the devil thought he won on crucifixion day. When Jesus died on the cross, the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, thought that he had victory. I, I defeated the Son of God. Man, I win. But we all, Jesus knew and the Spirit knows and we as believers can know that that wasn't, that wasn't defeat. No, that was victory. Because the Son of God died for the sins of the world and then three days later he rose again. So he says this judgment, the prince of this world, the enemy, this, this Satan, the devil. That's what the Spirit comes to do. In verse number um, 16 and 17, Jesus tells them, A little while you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Verse 17, his disciples are listening to him and they're not getting it. They're, just, they're, they're kind of missing it. And they say in themselves, um, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, and be, because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith a little while? We, cannot, we, we, can't, we don't know what he's saying. The disciples are kind of amongst themselves being like, what's he talking about? As they're walking to the garden. In verse 18, Jesus, 19, Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he says, okay, I, I, you're not, you don't understand? And he explains it even more. He says, I'm gonna, getting ready to go away, and you are going to be sorrowful. He said, you're going to be sad. You're, you're going to weep, and you're going to lament. He said, but just like, and he uses the comparison of a, of a woman in labor with child. He said, just like a woman in labor who is weeping and lamenting. Listen, I've seen it four times, a woman and my wife in labor. Doesn't look like something I want to do. Doesn't look like something I'm jealous of. Like, that looks fun. I want to try that. No, no, no. A woman in labor is in probably the greatest pain they'll ever face. But Jesus says, that's, that's kind of how you're going to feel. Like, there's just, oh, this is the worst ever. But when that new baby comes, there's joy. He said, your sorrow is going to turn into joy. Just like that woman in labor who, yes, is in pain and in travail, but when the new baby comes, there's joy. He said, that's going to be your heart. You're going to have sorrow, but you're going to have joy. In verse 29, the disciples finally up, okay, we get it now. Now we know what you're saying. You're, not, you're speaking very clear to us, they say, as Jesus reminds them that their sorrow is going to turn into joy. And Truthfully, they still don't really get it, but they think they get it. Verse 29, his disciples said unto him, Thou speakest plainly, and you don't speak a proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Kind of like, so now you believe after all this? Verse 32, Jesus says this, and this is where we're going to finish up this morning. Kind of stay right here. He says, behold, the hour cometh. Yea, it is now come. Listen, he is moments away from Judas, one of his disciples, the betrayer, he is moments away from Judas coming with this band of soldiers, Roman soldiers, to come and betray him with a kiss, and he's about to be arrested. Jesus knows. He says, my time has come. It's now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. He's telling his disciples, that. he's like, you're, you're, you're getting ready to be scattered abroad. You're getting ready to, to flee and to leave me, run away in fear. And leave me alone, he says, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Verse 33, Jesus says these last words to his disciples before this, he's arrested. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, 
I have overcome the world. He says, this world's going to have trouble. Jesus told his disciples, you're gonna, it's going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. And in this world, you're going to have trials and troubles and tribulations. But fear not, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And Jesus is speaking that to us this morning as well. We can't ignore the reality that this world is a broken place. Bad things in it. But Jesus says to us, it's going to be tough sometimes, but I have overcome the world. Let's pray together and then we'll jump right into the message and be done in just a few moments. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and grace to us. Use this message in somebody's heart today, in somebody's life today. Give me the words to say. In Jesus' name we pray and ask for all these things. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation before, a challenging situation where somebody in your life, someone you care about, maybe a parent, maybe a spouse, you, you're obviously a little anxious and stressed about whatever the situation may be, and this person in your life that loves you and cares about you comes to you and says something like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I think all of us have been in moments like that. We're stressed about whatever, it could be bills, it could be health, it could be something small, it could be whatever, it could be me, I'm in traffic and I get stressed. My wife says, it's going to be okay, don't worry, it's, we're going to be all right, Just, no, no worries, we're not in a rush. We have moments like that in life where people come to us when they know we're anxious or stressed and they say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Now that phrase is not to be confused with the slightly similar yet also completely different phrase, calm down, okay? Take it from me. If you're in a tense uh, conversation with your significant other, I would strongly urge you not to use the phrase, calm down, because usually the opposite will happen, okay? Go ahead and try it. Let me know if it works differently for you, but I would avoid that calm down as much as you possibly can. Very different. Okay, it rarely works. Um, I remember one time for me, I hate the dentist. I don't like the dentist. I would assume that everybody in here doesn't really like the dentist. If you do, you need help. <laughs> you need to see somebody. Uh, I don't like the dentist. I just always, it's just always made me anxious. It stresses me out. I just don't like any kind of dental work. Like, stay out of my mouth, please. No, thank you, okay? When I got to the Cape a few years back, I needed some dental work done, um, serious dental work done. And um, we got it all scheduled out, and I was at Aspen Dental, and um, I remember getting there, and they're like, hey, like, we're, gonna, we're not going to put you completely under. We're going to give you, you know, an IV and some medicine that's going to help you relax a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm still, like, super stressed. Like, <gasps> like I just, like, it's so stressed, because I've had some bad dentist experiences. Um, one of them, they were supposed to give me that laughing gas, which is what, um, what's the two gases? It's like nitrogen, nitrogen, I can't remember what it is, but one of them is like the stuff that you're supposed to breathe, and the other stuff, they mix it with the nit nitrous or whatever. Well, the person forgot to turn on the oxygen tank, so they were pumping straight nitrous into me, and I almost passed out. It's not good, okay? And they're like, oh, I forgot to turn on the oxygen. I'm like, okay, that's why I'm about to pass out. I don't need it today. I'm not really in a laughing mood anyway, you know? This situation at Aspen Dental, they come to me, the, the nurse is like, hey, like, and they said, don't worry. Like, you're not going to feel a thing. I'm still stressed. I'm like, <gasps> so they give me the IV. I sit in my chair. Like, it's going to take a minute or two to, to you're going to start feeling like, I'm like, this is, I hate the dentist, so I don't like the dentist. And then suddenly, church, I love the dentist. <laughs> this is the best dentist I've ever been to. This guy's awesome, man. Like, yeah. And this medicine starts really 
really working for me. And suddenly, a guy who hates the dentist thinks it's the greatest place on earth. I've never been more relaxed in my life. This is awesome. And I, I'm telling you, it felt like five minutes later, I'm suddenly like kind of, and I was awake the whole time. I remember I'm like, okay, you can kind of see what's going around. I'm like, this guy's awesome, man. Like, yeah, my mouth's all open up. I'm like, hey, how you doing, doc? I'm trying to talk, and they're just, they don't just ignore you, I guess. And finally, like, they're all done. They're like, you're all done. I'm like, man, that was like five minutes, man. And like, it was actually a 45-minute procedure. I'm like, really? Like, that was fast. And I was just out of it, man. Like, I was wild and out of it, just bad. So they get me up, they're going to walk you over to recovery, and, and, and I'm like, I, I can stay here, this is great, like, this is comfortable, I'm happy, eh. and they start walking me over, and the nurses, you know, hold my arm so I don't fall over, and me, I'm totally out of it. You know when you're on that kind of medicine, you know, after surgery or whatever, you know what you're saying, but you're also like, why am I saying this? You know, and then later on you're like, I can't believe I said that. And I'm walking with this nurse, and I'm like, it's like we're going to prom, you know? And then I'm like, but I'm married, so, you know, sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this nurse is probably just like, this guy's an idiot, you know? And then, you know, so I'm sitting back there just like making, I would say small talk, but it probably wasn't with the, with the people there. And Marissa comes back, and they walk me out. And, and I'm like, hey, baby, like, it's good to see you. You look great today. Like, this is awesome. And, and, we're, and she's like holding me up, and I'm just kind of standing there like dancing around or whatever. And... Um, and the nurse is trying to give her instruction, and I'm like, hey, like, you look you're cute, Marissa. And I'm just, and I'm like way out of it. And she's laughing, the nurse is laughing, and she's like, we need to get out of here right now before you say something really stupid. So the nurse had told me that day, don't worry, you won't feel a thing. And I promise you, I didn't feel anything at all that whole time. It worked. Don't worry, you're not going to feel a thing. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Don't worry, um, Jesus is saying to his disciples, really, all together, he's telling his disciples, it's going to be hard. It's going to be painful, but don't worry. I will take care of this. It's going to be okay. I have overcome the world. Jesus is telling them. They don't know. They don't know how bad it's about to get. They don't know that the most fateful night in history is just on the horizon. They're walking to the Garden of Gethsemane in John chapter 16. They are on their way to the Garden where Jesus is to be betrayed. They don't see it coming. It's going way over their heads. Jesus knows, and he's preparing them and saying, listen, it's going to be hard in this world. It's broken. It's full of sin. It's full of wickedness. Listen, you're going to have trials. You're going to have trouble." but don't worry, fear not, I have overcome the world. And they're probably like, yeah, we've heard this all before, that's great, but they don't know what's coming. Jesus is saying, I have overcome the world. And just like these disciples, oftentimes in our lives, we miss it. Jesus is speaking to us today and saying, listen, in this world, you will have heartache. In this world, you will have sorrow. In this world, you will have sickness and pain because it is a broken world. Watch the news for 10 minutes and you'll see this is a broken world, not just everywhere. And Jesus is saying and he's speaking to us and he's reminding us, saying, listen, in this world, I know it's going to be hard sometimes. But fear not, I have overcome the world. He says, be of good cheer. Be happy because I have overcome the world. You name it, he overcame it. You name it, he overcame it. Whatever you can think of in your life, whatever you're facing today, 
he overcame it. I wish it would be great. Listen, you may think, well, you know, as the pastor of the church, you probably have less problems than everybody. And maybe you're not thinking that, but sometimes people do think that. Like, wow, the pastor, you look so... Man, I got issues just like the rest of us. This year's been a tough year. We've talked about it a lot, haven't we? It's been a crazy year. Full of burdens. Full of heartache. Full of fear. Full of stress. Full of anxiety. Full of unanswered questions. Full of unknown futures. And I'm telling you, that can really weigh heavy on us. Even the pastor, even the guy who's supposed to lead the church. Man, I've had some dark days in the last year, just like you. And I've had to remind myself, like I sang in the song, that that he's the God of my present. He's the God of my future. He's writing my story, and he does hold it all together, even when it seems like it's falling apart. It's it's falling into place, actually. He holds us all together. And church, I can tell you, I can tell, this is, listen, the word of God speaks to the realness of God and that he's real. I can tell you from personal experience, I know that he's real. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen God provide. I've seen God answer prayer. I've seen God change my life and deliver me. I've seen how real and how amazing and how loving and how gracious God is. To where, like the song says, why should I be surprised when he delivers every time? Because I've seen it. I've seen it. Some of us today, we see this scripture that Jesus says. In those last few words, when he says, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Some of you today have to make a choice. Listen, coming to church is about worshiping God. It's about giving Him the glory that He's due. And when the Word of God is preached, for all of us, it's time to do a few things. It's time to hear the Word of God preached and make some adjustments in our life. Accept Him. Trust Him. We shouldn't just come to church. It's not a, we're not coming for a history lesson. We're not coming just to hear some facts that we can remember. We're, we're, listen, this, the church of God, the house of God is a place of change, of life change. And some of us need to place some trust in God today. All of us are here for a reason. Some of us need to make a choice today to trust God with your past. Trust God with your past. The shame of past decisions. Maybe your past really isn't even about something that you did, but something that was done to you. So you carry guilt and you carry shame and you carry anxiety, not based on something that you did to bring it upon yourself, but you live in shame and guilt based on something that happened to you that was out of your control. And that situation, that trial in life, that past regret, that past shame haunts you, holds you back. And some of us need to decide today, I'm trusting God with my past. He's writing my story. 
That may not have been something that he wanted to happen to me, but we have an enemy, remember? It's not just we say, God, let this happen to me. No, no, no. We have an enemy that is the prince of this world. Some of us need to, to, to stop for a moment and, and stop blaming God for everything that happens in life. And start trusting that it is God who brings us through. You're all here today, right? We're all here sitting in church today. God's brought you to this moment for a reason. You've got to trust. Some of you need to choose today. I'm trusting God with my past. I'm going to stop letting that control me. I'm going to stop letting that control my decision making. I'm going to stop letting my past control my spirit, my attitude, and I'm going to trust him. Maybe it is a decision that you made in your past. Maybe it is a choice that you made, an uh, unfortunate choice. You did something in your past that you, you do regret, and it has haunted you. It's time to accept forgiveness from God. It's time to realize that God has forgiven you. God wants to forgive you. He has grace for every situation, for every sin, for every regret that you have, for every shame that you carry. He has enough grace for it, enough forgiveness for it, enough love for it. It's time to trust God with your past. Some of us need to trust God with your present, right now. Maybe you... Your past doesn't really haunt you, but right now you're walking through a trial. You are walking through a heartache. You are walking through a, a just absolute mess of a situation, and you don't have hope. You don't have peace. You don't have uh, joy in your heart at all. It is just a mess. Some of us need to decide to trust God with your now. Remember a few weeks ago we preached on the Lord of what is? The great I am, he's the Lord of what is right now. Listen, a few weeks ago, that's what I had to finally do. We had no house to live in in a month or two, and I'm like, what are we going to do? There's nothing available, I have no options. And I had to really, on purpose, intentionally make the choice to trust God with my present, with, right, with my right now. I said, I'm done making a thousand phone calls. I've made all the phone calls I can. I've saved as much as I can. Lord, you have got to take care of this. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it in your hands. You've got to, these are your children. I'm your child. I'm your son. You've got to take care of me because I can't do anymore. I'm out of options. And I'm trusting you. I had to trust him with my present. And guess what? God provided in a miraculous way to where I can stand up here and say, I know it wasn't me. I know it wasn't Donald. Donald didn't figure this out. No, God did it. And God figured it out. Some of you need to stop what you're doing. You need to stop trying to fix everything and slow down, breathe, and say, God, I'm trusting you with my right now, with what's, what I'm facing. It's out of my control. It's out of my hands. And I need I think you know where I'm going with this last point as we finish up. You need to trust God. Some of us need to make the choice today. I'm trusting God with my future. I'm trusting God with my future. Maybe for you it's, it's your kids. Maybe it's your job situation. Maybe it's the unknown of what am I going to do with my life? God, you brought me to this place, but I, I'm scared of what's going to happen in the future. Some of us have to just stop and take it one day at a time and say, God, I'm trusting you. He said, be of good cheer. 
it's going to be tough in life, but I have overcome the world. You guys know my son, Seth. Seth, all of us already know, but Seth has nonverbal autism, severe nonverbal autism. And Seth had a really bad day yesterday. Seth had one of those days that I, I, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. I couldn't figure out what the deal was. I couldn't figure out anything. He was upset. He was mad. He was crying. He was yelling. And you're like, is he sick? Is he hurting? And I'll tell you, church, it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you're a child, when you can't help your child because you don't know what's wrong with them. And they can't tell you what's wrong with them. That's probably one of the hardest parts of it. All the other stuff you can kind of deal with, but when you're like, I just want to help you. I just want to help you. I don't know what you need. And it's hard. And I'll tell you, there's probably not been, listen, the housing situation, sure, that was freaky. But not knowing the future of my own flesh and blood, son, how much he'll progress, that can be frightening sometimes. It can be scary. But Marissa and I have had to make the choice, and it is a daily choice, because some days I can be on top of the world. I can say, man, God's got Seth. He's going to take care of him. And the other days I'm like, man, what's going to happen with him? I've ha- I have to make the choice to trust God that he knows what he's doing. He's writing our story. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the God of the middle. He's walking with us through it all. I have to trust God with his future. I have to trust God with my future. I have to trust God with the future of Coastline Baptist Church. Some of us at this morning have to make the choice. I'm going to trust God with what's to come. I don't know what's to come. I don't know what's going to happen. It's stressing me out, but I'm going to stop with the stress. I'm going to, I'm going to put that all away, and I'm going to trust God and know and believe that He knows best. That He knows best. Church, I said it before, he's real. We oftentimes, even as believers, we walk through life forgetting that we do serve a living God, a real God. He is real. He is real. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen him give peace through heartache. I've seen him answer prayers. I know he's real. I would not have given my life and moved my family and, and, and spent the last four years trying to get out here and do something for God. I wouldn't do that for something that I didn't believe in 150%. He is real. He is working. He is, he is amazing and he's loving and he's caring and he has enough grace. Listen, I would not give my life for something that I was a little unsure of. He is real. And he really has overcome it all. Some of us need to not just trust God with our immediate future or here on earth, but our eternal future. To know that the Bible says that all of us, when we die, are going somewhere. Heaven is a real, beautiful place where God abides. And hell is a real place where those who reject Christ will spend forever. And that seems like bad news, but it's not because God made a way. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Some of us need to stop trying to work so hard to get to heaven by doing all these good things and recognize that it's only through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is enough. The scriptures say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As a 10-year-old boy, I knew I was a sinner. I knew I deserved hell. I, had, I knew that I sinned, but I knew that God wanted to forgive me. And save me. And that day, even as a 10, 11 year old boy, I prayed and said, God, I know I'm a sinner, but you love me. Forgive me. Save me. And he overcame my sin that day. My unbelief. We said it before, you name it, he overcame it. Some of us need to trust God with our eternity. A simple act of faith that says, I believe you are who you say you are. Give my heart to you. A simple act of faith. Will you give him your heart today? Christian, will you give him your, your life today? Will you give him your past today, your present, your future? Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.